Welcome back to another week of the Post-Sermon Reflections podcast. We are on our fifth, actually our sixth core value, but our fifth conversation about our core values. Um, And this is through our core series. And our brother in Christ, Lee Giobi, um, preached today on joyful generosity. And it was such a joy to hear his passion. Uh, This is something that is lived out in his life. Uh, I had the privilege of working for Lee. um, And I got to see this actually lived out in every aspect of who Lee is, is this embraced joy of living generously for Jesus. And so Pastor Brennan is joining us yet again uh, in this series. And so We're going to just talk about where did joyful generosity come from? What does it mean for us? And where have we seen just awesome outlets of it? So, Pastor Brennan, hello. It's good to see you. Good to see you too, Ruth. Um, So, let's let's hit it right off the jump. What is the meaning of this core value, joyful generosity? Yeah. So, I mean, every pastor has to grapple with, like, how do you fund... (laughs) How do you fund a nonprofit organization, right? And... um, so there, there is a, there's sort of the, the necessity mm-hmm. of generosity. Like, like you need people to give to the church. Like, like there's no, right. There's no, no government funding it. for churches. Like, like, like we're not a business We're you know, yeah. so there's that necessity going into ministry, but what's, I have been really fortunate that I think probably like in the two, really probably the decade leading up to me going into full-time ministry, there were some real pioneers in Christian culture. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the, the most significant one was a guy named Randy Alcorn, mm-hmm. former pastor, became like speaker and author, but uh, who was really writing some incredible Christ-centered content about what we would call joyful generosity. They're using some different language. but So I really benefited from being challenged in my own life before getting into ministry, just my own walk with Jesus of what like radical... Yeah illogical from a worldly standpoint, Mm -hmm. generosity looks like. Um, And so when it came to planning a church, I really wanted joyful generosity to be a part of our DNA, Mm -hmm. to be a part of our core, that that we are called. God is the most radically generous entity in the universe. Mm -hmm. He's given us everything in his son, Jesus Christ. And the proper response to that is a a joyful, radical generosity, not a generosity to earn God's acceptance, but a generosity that flows out of our acceptance in Jesus Christ. So that was really important for me. Um, when you begin to study the Bible, and I know you've had these conversations with Lee, uh, the Bible actually talks about money more than it, money and possessions, more than it talks about heaven or hell, yeah. more than it talks about prayer. I mean, the Bible is just replete. It's just covered with text talking about how we should relate to our money and our stuff. Um, and so as you read the Bible, you realize like, I really can't be a great student of the Bible yeah. unless I'm reckoning with how is God calling his people to steward their resources, right? And we are called... Uh, in scripture to recognize that God owns it all. Mm-hmm. He owns everything that we have, whether it's our, our 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 wealth, whether it is our gifts that he's given us, whether it's our very capacity to generate an income, everything we have comes from the hand of God. Um, so joyful generosity should be the, the posture of every follower of Jesus Christ. Sadly, it's not, yeah. right? Sadly, it's not. So yeah. we want to be a church and I wanted to be a leader that was intentionally cultivating a culture of joyful generosity mm-hmm. where we celebrate it. Yeah. We point to it. We we pray for it. We demonstrate it as yeah. a church. So that was really important for me, um, that it's not just generosity, but it's joyful generosity. Yeah. We find our joy in being generous and blessing others and, and advancing um, this mission, right, of bringing the gospel to all people. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it's a big pivot from 
we give because we have to and we give because we get to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really actually, I think, is like found in a good understanding of the gospel. Yeah. Um, all of our have tos turn to get tos when we think that actually we deserve absolutely nothing. <laughs> and we are dirty sinners that did not deserve God's grace. And he lavishly poured it on us. And when we experience his lavish pouring on of his love, we get to then walk in lavishly pouring out all of our lives unto Jesus, including specifically our finances. Um, Because that to me was like a big, that was a pretty big shift as a young adult. Um, When you're a young adult, you don't have a lot of money. And um, what does it mean to be generous in all things? Um, To be generous in all circumstances when you don't have a 401k or you do have a 401k. The difference of uh, where your financial financial life looks like. Um, And so I've seen this core value lived out. Like this might be, to me, this is like, it's one of our top ones. And man, I, I see this really forefront. This is something I experience in our church. But how is this core value lived out for maybe someone who may not paying attention in our church? Sure. Um, so we don't, at Crosspoint, we don't shy away from talking about generosity. Yeah. I mean, we just really get after it. We, we, we take it head on. Um, I've preached on generosity a number of times. We don't shy away from the biblical teaching of tithing. We don't shy away that God calls us to be radically, joyfully generous with our yeah. stuff. So um, I think that is, like you said, somewhat unique, right, to our church. Uh, yeah. may not be super common in church culture today, um, but we we really genuinely believe that that even a simple act of, of offering our tithes and our offerings on a yeah. Sunday morning, it is a part of the overall worship experience. We are worshiping God when we give back to him and we don't want to shy away from using that kind of language because yeah. it's biblical, it's beautiful, and it's true. Um, so that that's really important. But I think when it comes to, we touched on this a little bit in the last uh, episode mm-hmm. with the show and tell mentality yeah. and the, the gas giveaway, giving away 43 grand in gas. But I think we've seen it in a really beautiful way when it comes to our church, uh, recognizing God's hand of blessing on our church when it comes to um, just the generosity of the story of our rebirth merger um, and how we've been generous and how God has continued to provide for us. But we recognize that we we needed to expand our building, right? Uh, We have, we're grateful for our one uh, little room for kids, but it is just, you know, packed. It's nuts. Um, And basically we have like what should be three different classrooms are all happening in one room. Yeah. And so it's very challenging. Uh, we also, uh, as you know, Ruth, as a, as a staff member, we work out of a closet. We like to call it an office, but it's actually a closet. Yeah. Um, we could and- all hold hands at one time <laughs> by, uh, while working. If you're asking, that's how, if you just to, for a picture in your mind's eye, just imagine that. So we had, you know, a need to expand the building, but if we were going to expand the building, we knew that it was going to need to be fueled yeah. By the radical, joyful generosity of the people of God. Um, so we we cast vision for it and we said, hey, we're going to ask that that people in our church, that we're, we're vested, we're living on gospel yeah. mission, we're going to have to display joyful generosity. And I think a, a little over a year into fundraising, it's been really mind-blowing yeah. to see God move in the hearts of his people. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've had, we have diversity ethnically in our church, generationally, yeah. generationally, but also socioeconomically, yeah. right? I mean, we have people making six and seven digit salaries. We yeah. have people making uh, five and four digit salary. I mean, just, it yeah. really runs the gamut and, um, and that's exciting and that's awesome. And, but it was going to require for us to do this building expansion. It was going to require joyful generosity, sacrificial generosity uh, for all different kinds of people in yeah. the church. Yeah. And uh, you may remember we had, and, and I genuinely don't know who gave the gift because I insulate myself from that kind of knowledge, but um, we had someone give uh, a gift of $500,000. Yeah. Yo, that's crazy. Yeah. 
$500,000. There were other six-digit gifts that came in as well. Um, but then there were also gifts of $50 or $100 or $500 that were beautiful, yeah. glorious displays of radical, joyful, and sacrificial mm-hmm. generosity. Um, so people from all different means, all different walks of life, all different um, backgrounds and levels of affluence, giving joyfully and sacrificially for the expansion of this building, which helps expand the kingdom yeah. of God. Yeah. Um, and and we, uh, you actually are the one to share this story with me. Such a beautiful story. Uh, there was a a little boy, elementary school age, and, and he had really been blessed by some of the kids ministry here at Crosspoint. And you said he told his parents that he wanted to give everything he had, like yeah. the whole piggy bank. Yeah. He wanted to give it all in that special in-gathering offering that we had on December 3rd. Mm-hmm. And what an incredible picture of sacrificial, joyful generosity. Um, so we're always reminded that when it comes to joyful, sacrificial generosity, God actually really doesn't care about the size of our gift, yeah. but he's really interested in the size of our sacrifice, right? He doesn't measure the size of the gift itself. He measures the size of our sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And whether that's someone who is um, being freed up by the Holy Spirit of God to trust the Lord with everything they have and begin to to tithe or to intentionally give uh, the first 10% of all their income back to the Lord. That is a wonderful act of faith. That's a wonderful display of joyful generosity. Uh, And I believe that when we start with the tithe, when we start with giving that 10%, we're reminded, right? Our white knuckle grip that we have on our stuff, it begins to loosen. We recognize that everything we have comes from the Lord. And I believe that that act of joyful generosity and tithing, it actually frees us up and helps to prepare us for even more glorious, more sacrificial, more radically generous Mm -hmm. uh, acts of faith. Yeah. No, I think that's really good. And I, I, yeah, I remember my first experience tithing, uh, and consistently tithing because I was consistently making money for the first time. Uh, when you work multiple jobs, tithing feels really silly because you're like trying to remember where all the money is coming from in all these places. And the commitment to hit the automatic, um, that the, my first paycheck of the month is when it comes out of, and, uh, that's also when rent comes out. So a lot of money comes out that first paycheck. Um, but there's something really beautiful in, in knowing, man, it's his. It's his, and it was important that it was the first for me uh, that, hey, as soon as I get paid, that money comes out right away, yeah. um, that I don't even think about it. And uh, it was it was the, people talk about the conversation of, uh, do you give net? Do you give gross? And I remember being like, no, like he deserves absolutely everything. Like before the government, he gets yeah. my money. Amen. And that was like, that was a big deal for me to yeah. be like, oh, that has a hundred, that's, that's a swing. That's a, that's a financial swing for me. Um, and it was important for me to recognize, man, if everything is yours, but you ask for this, why wouldn't I give it? Yeah. Um, and that was just really helpful in this clear picture of, man, there's so many things I'll very naturally give my money to. I will give my money to Wawa to get a cup of coffee most days and feel no way about it. Yeah. Uh, this is the king of heaven and earth. This money is being used for God's glory. Um, and and why wouldn't I? Yeah. Why wouldn't I enjoy getting to, to give to him? Um, and I just want to ask you, what is the pain? Of joyful generosity. Uh, we've talked about this kind of in some of our others, but man, what what do you think stops people from embracing a joyfully generous life? Yeah. You know, I'm thinking about the importance of like generational generosity. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a shout out to my in-laws yeah. who live generous lives. So my wife, Kathleen, was raised in a house that really valued generosity. Yeah. And uh, they always prioritize the Lord and their tithing and their giving. And that was something that was really like embedded in my wife yeah. as a child. So my 
my in-laws loved my wife, their daughter, yeah. by relieving her from ever experiencing kind of that shock and that burden <laughs> yeah. because it was never all hers. Yeah. Like, like when she got her first job as a teacher, it was a no-brainer that she was tithing. Yeah. Like a no-brainer. Yeah. It's like breathing. Tithing to my wife is like breathing. Yeah. You don't even have to think about it. It's yeah. just a no-brainer. It just automatically happens. And I think that's a gift that we can give to our kids. Yeah. Um, that we are like taking away that like one of those obstacles, one of those burdens, like when you, when you create a lifestyle on a hundred percent of your income, yeah, like you're going to have to tighten the belt. Like you're going to have to make yeah. some sacrifices in order just, just to start tithing, let alone to give like radically generous yeah. gifts, right? Yeah, that's good. Um, so I think there's something that we can do to really like love our children and disciple them in generosity. So it just becomes natural to them. Yeah. And I think that's, what's so beautiful about the tithe that, Right off the top, right from the jump, yeah. we're saying, hey, this isn't all mine. Yep. It's actually all God's. And, and when I give him that first 10%, I'm just reminded of that on yes. a weekly or bi-weekly or monthly basis. Yeah. So I think that's really important. But there is the very real thing that like, we live in a culture that worships at the idol of materialism. Mm -hmm. And if we think that just because we're Christians that we're like totally immune to that, like we are dreaming. We're <laughs> yeah. absolutely dreaming. yeah, yeah. Um, I know my wife will joke like when she's like reading some of her magazines and they have all these like beautiful kitchens and like, you know, all yeah. this kind of like cutting edge stuff and you're reading it in the magazine and all of a sudden it's like, wow, I like wish I didn't read that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because, I hate my kitchen. <laughs> and we joke because um, we have like the smallest kitchen in the world. Like when yeah. we first moved to our house, it was like a galley kitchen. And we actually like took a wall down. Like there was uh, mm -hmm. someone who was like joyfully generous with us and gave us the money to be able to do that. Yeah. Like, like really like micro renovation job. Yeah. Um, but when we're hosting people all the time, like sometimes Kathleen will look at me and be like, I wish we had a bigger kitchen, you know? And it's just like, well, we don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we don't. But everywhere we look, right? You look at all the advertisements and stuff and you're just like constantly reminded of what you don't have. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that can be like really hard. So I think it's important for us to recognize that when we are joyfully generous, like we're willing to forgo things, yeah. right? Like we're saying, hey, I'm going to like, I'm going to choose to keep driving my car yeah. when I could afford to go buy a new car mm -hmm. because my heart's been captivated by the beauty of the gospel yeah. and I want to help build the kingdom, Yeah, you know? So I'm not going to drop $48,000 on a new car. Yeah. I'm going to put a little money into my current car. I'm going to keep driving it for another 100,000 miles. Like that is a beautiful act of sacrificial generosity. Yeah. And, but we have to recognize like, like there's a cost to that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, uh, I, uh, experience this reality of, I do financial accountability with some of my friends that they know all the things that I spend my money on. I categorize it, which is very embarrassing. Um, if you've ever done it for you too, cause you're like not the spreadsheet kind of person. That's really Yes. But I take, I take, uh, I take two hours and I go through, I go through all my purchases of the last series of time and I'm able to look at everything and it's very helpful. It brings real clarity to be like, you eat out too much. But, uh, one of my buddies in this conversation, she's in a ton of debt. She's in, me in medical school. So we talk about her debt payoff all the time. We talk about money. I talk about money with my friends a lot. But we talk about what does it look like for her to get to experience radical generosity when she's making a lot of money. So right now we dream about this before the income comes because we actually are preparing for when she's making more money than I'll ever make in my whole entire life. And we talk about, hey, what does it look like for you to live if God calls you to on a nurse's salary on a doctor's pay? Because that's, that's, a, that's a heartbeat of who she wants to be. To say, hey, I'm going to radically pay off this debt. I'm going to deal with the fact that Joe Biden's paying for all my education that we joke about all the time. But she... Well, you know that never passed, right? Yes. No, no, no. Meaning like all the loans that she has. She'll like swipe her card and I won't let her buy coffee because I'm like, I will not have Joe Biden right now 
in loans, pay for your cup of coffee. I'll pay for it now by my money. And so we have these silly conversations, but to me, it's this beautiful reality to say, hey, we have to start thinking about it now. And so if you're a college student who's making no money, you need to start thinking about when you make money because it's important that you've actually set up value so that it is automatic. But start tithing on your Chick-fil-A salary, bro. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, that is so helpful. When yeah. you start tithing, like even in small things as yeah. a babysitter, whatever you're yeah. doing to Everything make money, when we begin to tithe in those small things, we're building in yeah. those habits that stay with us when our salary becomes a six or even seven digit yes. salary. Yeah. Yeah. So it's important. Wherever you are financially, you can always start right now. You can always start next month. Amen. Um, and so wherever you're, you're at, um, I would encourage you to take the leap of joyful generosity because it's always worth it. Um, thank you uh, so much for, for joining us. We are almost through our core series and we're so excited. We have one last episode. Um, and if this has been a blessing, you please share it with somebody. Um, and we're just praying that you would put Jesus first in everything, um, that you would live a life where you recognize that worship matters, that life matters, that we're better together, that you embrace showing and telling and that you embrace joyful generosity. Um, and lastly, that you embrace a life of grace. And so you can join us next week for that podcast. Hope you have an awesome rest of your week.